Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and salutations. I'm Audley Stevenson, and thank you for tuning in to the most audacious podcast on the internet. This is the Audacious Living Podcast, and I appreciate you taking a moment out of your day to join us as we continue our ongoing goal of helping you live your best audacious life ever. Uh, as always, I encourage you to connect with us uh, through our social media channels. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram under the handle The Audacious pod and then you can also find us on facebook uh under the handle the audacious living podcast so if you type that in your search engine uh you'll find us and if you happen to be watching uh this edition of the podcast on our youtube channel you can easily subscribe by tapping on the bell down below and uh you'll stay connected so uh, as always like follow subscribe uh, and share and uh let's keep this uh, audacious uh conversation going it's really really that easy and uh yeah so let's 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 keep it moving um you know, the Audacious Living Podcast, those regular listeners of this podcast will know that there, there are several core foundational principles that this podcast is based on. And, and one of them is the concept of sharing. Uh, you know, the information that's discussed here with our guests on this podcast isn't meant to be held on to. In fact, it's the exact opposite. You know, we want to share the knowledge, share the insights, share the lessons learned uh, through the robust conversations that take place here for the benefit of helping others. Uh, and, and it's for that reason why today's guest is so, so fitting. Uh, Melody Sabron Yabara is a two-time cancer survivor, a good friend, and I'm so elated to, to have her joining me here on the podcast uh, to share her uplifting story of, of determination and perseverance. Listen, we all know how, how deadly cancer can be and, and, and what that battle's like. I'm sure many of, uh, many of you uh, have, have had some experience with either firsthand through uh, a family member, friend, or whomever, someone in your circle. Uh, you know, when you look at Melody's story, you know, she was diagnosed first with cancer in the first battle uh, in her late teens. And although it was a bit of a shock for her at the time, as you'll hear from her, she really didn't take it that seriously right away. And it took her some time to fully understand the severity of what she was up, what she, which was in front of her and that she needed to you know, fight and, and push her way through it to beat cancer. Um, or at least that's what she thought. It returned a few years later and this time was far more aggressive and more evasive and that's when Melody really had to lock in and get through it for that second battle. And, you know, the thing that I love, you know, most about, you know, Melody's story, certainly, you know, the, the, the fight, the adversity and not giving up. Uh, but then since, so, but since having those experiences, uh, Melody is now using that and she's sharing with others to motivate. Uh, she's not holding on to them. She's sharing her stories and letting people know that uh, they can too uh, overcome any kind of challenge as long as they continue to fight. And I think it's particularly helpful for those in similar circumstances. It's not an easy road, and Melody understands this all too well. 
It really is a wonderful and, and heartwarming story that I'm certain that you'll simply love. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Melody. Enjoy. Melody, it is great to have you here uh, with me on the Audacious Living Podcast. It's awesome to, to chat with you again. Uh, I, for our listeners, they don't know this, uh, but this is actually our second attempt. We sat down one time before. Technical gremlins came in and did their worst, and we're back at it again. But this gives us an opportunity to connect in person. So thank you uh, for being here once again. Always a pleasure. Cool, cool. Um, you know, on this podcast, we spend a lot of time talking about different ways that, you know, we, we can live sort of this bold, audacious life. And one thing that rings true for me is the power of sharing our stories, our journeys, going through our uh, sharing our points of adversity that we've overcome because of the impact that it can have on other people. And so it's only fitting when I think about your story and your battle with cancer and, and all that you've had to do to get through that. Um, I think it's really fitting. So again, I appreciate you uh, for, 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 for sharing and let's kind of sort of talk. Let's start with maybe at the beginning of, of, of your journey with, with, with cancer. Maybe let's start there. Cause it's been a little while ago that you first were diagnosed, right? Like 20, 20 years ago, roughly. Right. Wow. Yes. A little over 20 years ago with my first, the first battle. Right, right, right. And so, and so for those, um, if you can describe sort of the, the type of cancer that you dealt with at that time. Okay. So the first cancer I was diagnosed with is epithelioid sarcoma. Okay. And that one was actually discovered by accident. So um, towards the end of my high school career or whatever, um, I, I used to love to run a lot. And then mm-hmm. in college, I ran a lot. But that summer, between my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college, I noticed a pain and it looked like a bruise on my thigh. And, you know, it, it kept growing over time. And then it started to feel sore. So I finally, you know, I hate going to the doctors, but I finally went into the doctor's office and mm-hmm. got it checked out. Turns out it was a sarcoma and it took me a while to get educated on it. But, um, you know, they told me, oh, well, you're at the beginning stages of cancer. And I'm thinking, are you joking? Because I'm 19. (laughs) But I grew up in a in a community where, you know, during the the 80s or or 90s or whatever you want to call it, there was a cancer cluster in Central California in that area. We don't know if it was due to agriculture and all the chemicals they were spraying in the air or something in the water. We have no idea. So that was my first battle. And then I went into, um, I I did all the things I needed to do, you know, the chemo, the radiation. And then I went back in because I started feeling sick again about I guess my third year of college, I started to feel sick again. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I got the flu or something. I'm just going to go in feeling sick. Well, it turns out um, after more digging and more tests and all the stuff they had to do back in the mid nineties, we found out that I have another sarcoid, but this was a sarcoid that um, was actually there with the first cancer and they just didn't discover it. Then Um, I ended up with the liver sarcoma, which is one of those where it's like at the time there was only a 15% survival rate for anybody who had it, you know, let right. alone somebody who was in their early twenties, because right. that happened a couple of years after I was diagnosed with the first one. 
well, that battle was more invasive and more challenging. And that's when all the depression and, and just my perspective on life had just changed completely. Right, right. right. Uh, I want to go to back to your first, your first bout with it. So first off, for those that have never heard of sarcoma, and that's a new term for them. Can you explain what, what that is? So we have a, an understanding of that. Okay, so a sarcoma or sarcoid, however, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's used, um, is a soft tissue. It's a soft tissue cancer. It's okay. a it's a lump that they find in, in the tissue. Like for mine, it was in the tissue surrounding a portion of my liver. Okay. And in when the epithelial one in my upper left thigh, it was in between some tissue and some muscle in my leg, which is why I felt that bruising pain. Right. 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 And so outside of that pain, there was no other signs or anything that you, that you had at that time. Uh, With the rent, with the epithelioid sarcoma. No, it looked like, you know, like when you get a bruise and you hit your leg, it just is all purple and and stuff. And, you know, I was running and you know, when, when you're a runner, you'll get the occasional pains like, okay, well, maybe I pulled a muscle or something like that. So you ignore it. You're like, okay, I'll just put a little bit of, of biofreeze or whatever. <laughs> right. Right. But right. then the pain just wouldn't go away. And then it started, the area that looked bruised started getting hard and it, it was painful to the touch. So finally I gave in and, and went into the university health center and they told me that I needed to go see my regular physician and that's when the first journey began. Right, right. And you really didn't take it seriously, did you? I mean, although they said, because again, you're, you're, you're so young and you're, you're, te- you're a teenager and, you know, you, it, it doesn't sound real, did it, did it to you? It, it didn't. I was like, you're joking. I, and, you know, the first time around, I think it took me a while to even break it to my parents because, you know, they were just like, no, that can't be real. That can't be right. But, you know, we have to we just take it out and we'll just right. take care of it and it'll be gone. Right. No, it, they took it out, got it biopsied. You know, we got opinion. We got, I think after the first one, I asked for a second opinion. And after the second opinion, I had to make a quick decision. And because I was considered an adult at 19, right. Um, I went against what my parents felt at the time because they, they were in disbelief. And I, opted for the treatment to see what would happen. I mean, what do I got to lose? Right. 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 And so what were your parents thinking? What were they, what would, what, what, what option did they want you to take? Well, they wanted me to do like uh, the natural I'm mixed. So being like Asian Islander and native American and all these mixtures, you know, I'm truly yes. an American, you know, melting right. pot, whatever, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they wanted me to do all these, these, home remedies, you know, all these things that they believe, you know, would work culturally. And I'm okay with it. And I did, I did do some of it to appease them. But, you know, I also believe in, in my faith, and of course, you know, science. And at the time, you know, I was working with an oncologist in Mm -hmm. Bakersfield that, you know, was associated with UCLA Medical Center. So he made me feel confident in my decision. And I'm, you know, I'm glad I, I went that route because I'm still here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're, give me an idea of sort of your, your, sort of where you were at and again, in that first stage, 
uh, the first bout rather, where are you at sort of, you know, mentally as you're kind of going through this? Because you go from not taking it seriously to all of a sudden having to take it seriously to going through a treatment that lasted a couple of years, roughly? Yeah, it, well, yeah, it lasted about, oh my gosh, lasted from 96 to 2003. So yeah, it was, years, yeah, right? it was off and on. So um, that, yeah, that first experience, it felt so unreal. And then it wasn't until... I had to ride the bus to UCLA Medical Center and hear the doctors over there explain to me what exactly a sarcoma mm -hmm. is and then tell me that, you know, usually it stems from something else, but we couldn't, from tests and everything, there, we couldn't locate it. But it's the mid-90s. The technology wasn't as good as it is now. Right. And right. so um, they told me if I choose to do the chemo and the radiation, mm -hmm. There's a good chance that my life, my lifespan from that point would either it would go from like six months to, you know, maybe five or six years extra. Okay. So okay. I'm thinking, okay, well, I mean, what what, what am I going to do? I'm like, right. I'm just let's see what happens. Right. It, what am I? You know, I can live six months and quit school and just do whatever, or right. aim for the five years and go ahead and you know at least do one of my goals and graduate from college and so I, I did it and I'm glad I did yeah no no it's it's, it's I can see where I, it's it's such a tough decision to have to make right all of a sudden sit down and think okay so like think like we don't necessarily think of our lives in these increments right well six months or five years and you know you have to make that kind of decision again especially at a young age um that's not an easy thing to do it, it isn't and you know when when I ask <laughs> And this is the part of me where I'm like, man, I was young and dumb <laughs> because they're like, okay, we're going to give you, you know, two to three weeks before we'll begin treatment. Oh, my poor best friend. <laughs> I was telling her, you know what? I got, you know, two, three weeks. Let's do this. And we went to, you know, the nearby Six Flags. I did bungee jumping. <laughs> I, you know, I was like, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go my way. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, do do it on your terms, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh, so, yeah. that's, amazing. that's amazing. So, <laughs> so two thousand three rolls around. You get to the end of it. That must have been such a tremendous sense of relief, wasn't it, Melody? Oh my gosh, yes. I was like, "Are you sure?" Because you told me that you know this was all just a small possibility. And they also told me I wasn't going to be able to have children. And, you know, by 2003, I had my first kid. <laughs> so amazing. my miracle child. That's it. That's amazing. And, and so, so lead, leading up until 2003, were you seeing the light at the end of the tunnel at that point? Or did it just suddenly kind of just happen? It just it just happened. I, wow. you know, it's like I became a robot because yeah. there was really no one in my age group that I could talk to. Because, you know, when, whenever I jump into the, you know, you'd go to the cancer center, mm -hmm. there, I mean, I don't know how to say nicely. There was always just like the older people. <laughs> Understood. And Understood. it's like, I don't want to be lectured or be told, you know, you should do this. You know, this is, this is, you know, I've lived my life and blah, blah. I'm like, I'm already depressed. You're going to make me more depressed. <laughs> so, so then what got you through it then? That, 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 those, those depressive moments or states? What was the key? You know, uh, 
lot of it I was reading, a lot of it I was talking to my pastor at the church, a lot of it was, you know, just faith and then the discipline I got from, you know, my dad and from playing sports in high school, it's just, you got to keep going, keep going no matter what, because mm-hmm. so, you never know what will happen. Right. So that's, those are the voices that were in my head. Yeah, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> not, not at all. I promise you. I, I remember once you talked about the, uh, the, the, the defeated mindset, right? Like if you are, yes. defeated, if you, if you, if, if you, you act it, uh, go ahead, you, you say, cause I, you, exactly. it sounds better coming from you. <laughs> so, you know, I remember, um, one of my coaches at the time and, you know, they would always say, if you feel defeated, you are defeated. So you have to put yourself in that mindset. Like you got this, you can beat this or you can beat them or whatever it is, but yes. So it is all in how you think and how you feel. And yes, there was a lot of, um, mental health battles, a lot of, obviously a lot of physical and emotional battles, but you know, that thought in my head, it was just, you got to keep moving forward. I got this. I can do this. You know, we don't know what's going to happen next. You know, tomorrow they could have a cure. We don't know. Right. Right. So you got to keep pushing ahead. And that's exactly what you did, which is amazing. It's so amazing. Exactly. I could see and you had a child and life is going, going along nicely and smoothly. And then round two, what, what, what year did that take place? Oh gosh, that happened two years after my first remission note. So I, Gosh, let's see, 96, 97. That was probably around 90, that was like 97, 98. So, and that one was harsh because, you know, the liver, the liver is a main organ. Yes, <laughs> but, yes. And even though it can rejuvenate itself, because there's a sarcoid, there's a cancer right there that was like the size of, you, you're, I don't know, this is going to age me. Remember big league chewing gum? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> So if you took that whole package, put it in your mouth and wadded it up and spit it out, that was the size. That's, that's how they, they, yeah, that's, that's how they described it to me. That was a big size. That was about the size of the tumor that was sitting in the tissue in my liver on that big part. Cause you know how your liver kind of looks like a steak, I guess. Yes, yes that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that bigger part of the steak was where that big league chewing gum size thing was. Not there. Got you, got you. And so, when when it came back the second time around, how did it show up at that time? The first time you had that, you know, that you know, bruise on your leg. What did it look like the second time around? The second time around, it didn't look like anything. I was just feeling sick all the time. I got tired and I dropped weight like crazy. And I thought, oh my gosh! At first, I was like, hey, I'm I'm losing weight. Hey, that's good. Right, right. And it it just happened so fast, and it just wasn't healthy. And you know, if you know your body, you know, something's not right. Right. So right. I went in to get checked and mm-hmm. they said, well, maybe you need to go see your oncologist again. So I did and did the whole, you know, all the tests again, where they do the biopsy and they do, um, they do the MRIs, the PET, all those different types of scans that were needed. Yep. And within three months of taking all those tests, they call me and they said, you need to come in. We need to talk to you. And I'm thinking, okay, gosh, this doesn't sound good. Right. So I sat there again, pretty much in the same room. I was in the same building and déjà this time they tell vu. me, right. And, and they're like, well, you know, you understand the term remission doesn't mean it's completely gone. It just means that it's not here right now. And I'm thinking, why do we use that word then? Why did you say it was gone? <laughs> 
yeah. I was like, here I am. I'm I'm 22 now, and you're telling me, you know, I'm gonna die again. Right, right. right. And that's tough. That's tough to listen to, right? Especially right. when you 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 heard it already, and you and it's like, wow, we're back to this again. That's deflating, right. isn't it? It is. And you know, I'm thinking, okay, I had I have the best team behind me, and it's still it came back. Mm-hmm. And so, 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 so the second time you said it was a, it was a tougher battle. It was. It was a tougher battle. The the meds, they they were constantly making me sick. So the first time around, I didn't have to take oral meds on top of the chemo and radiation. There wasn't too much that needed to be done. Yeah. It was in my leg. So, yeah, you know, right. you take it out, you get the maintenance treatment or whatever, and then you're good to go. You know, you're in right. remission, celebrate, yay, cancer free. Right. Well, the liver, you have to take all kinds of these uh, chemo pills, like oral stuff. And then you have to go in and instead of being in chemotherapy for, you know, just a couple of hours a day, I was there every day for two weeks and it was all day. So I would feel sick. I just, I was refusing to eat. I had definitely had nobody to talk to, you know, it was just, I felt defeated and, and I was trying to fight that. And, um, you know, I was already at the point where I was telling my family, just let me go. I'm tired. I can't do this. But um, yeah, I, I had a good foundation. I had a very good foundation. And my parents were like, no, you, you can do this. And my dad would, you know, I wasn't supposed to be eating whatever ice cream. You know, they're trying to put all these like insure boost type drinks on you so that right. you can. I refuse to eat. My dad was sneaking in Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> that I would eat for whatever reason, <laughs> probably because, you know, whatever goes down eventually comes back up. And I like that taste. <laughs> so you had it twice. Laugh- right. So, you know, it, it's, I can laugh about it now. It's really gross. But, you know, it was one of those where at that point, he just wanted me to have something in my stomach because, you know, the meds have to absorb in something. And. I was very stubborn. I was already giving up and, and, you know, my parents, my, um, my brothers, my friends, they refused to give up on me. And so, you know, but at the same time too, I, I didn't like that whole thing where they would, uh, come visit me and look at me as if I was dying, because that is a big deal too. Mm. You know, like you're telling me you believe in me and I can do this, but you're looking at me like you want to say goodbye. Mm. I don't want to take pictures with you. Luckily, social media didn't exist then (laughs) yet because I was like, are you taking pictures with me because you're going to put this up on a memorial or something? Right, right. No, I can see where your mind goes all sorts of places, right? It's only natural. And it's with what you're going through. It's not an easy thing to just sort of let sort of ignore, right? It's real. Exactly. And I didn't feel like it was my job to console you as my family or friend, you know, because you're looking at me like you're saying goodbye. And I'm just like, dude, I'm going to see you later. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's not goodbye. It's later for sure. For sure. You're, 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 you credit your family for helping you get through that second one. They didn't let you give up. Um, uh, how, how significant was that to your overall, when you think of that overall journey, how much did that make a difference for you? It made a huge difference because the first time around they were in denial. And then the second time, I think they had 
more of a push to believe me and what was happening. I even brought my parents with me to a couple of appointments. So, you know, maybe I wasn't explaining it correctly, but when they spoke with the doctor and the nurses and, you know, were explained to the best of their ability, you know, the, the cancer center, because it was common, but it wasn't as common. So right, right. It, it helped a lot. And, you know, talking about that look of death or sadness, I saw that in my parents' face and I'm like, oh, gosh, I can't do right. this. <laughs> no, I get it. No, I get it. I get it. So that, 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 that second bout, how long was that battle for now? How long did that go on for? That one went on for probably a year and a half before okay. I had my final remission date. And that was the last one. Thank goodness. That was the last one I've had to battle. And that's, so. and, that, and that's how, how long ago now? This is 20, about 20, 20 years or so? It's, it's about, about 20 years. It was 2003. Oh, man. So you're right there. Close there. Almost yes. there. It's amazing. Almost, almost there. Yes. When, when you reflect back on that journey, what, what sort of things come out to, to stand out in your mind about that, those battles that you had to deal with? Is there anything particular or is there a bunch of things or? You know, there was, there's all kinds of things. So, you know, a lot of people take life for granted where, you know, truly I, I know little things mean a lot. Everybody is all about, I don't know, face value. Like they, they want to put out this, this thing about themselves like, oh, well, you know what? I have this, I've accomplished this. I've, you know, I've been here. I own this. Where, you know, I'm at that place like, you know what, the bills are paid. I got a roof over my head. I got a family that loves me. I'm rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's little, it's little things. Just, they mean a lot more than anything material. That's well said. And, and, and it's funny because we oftentimes take things for granted that, you know, we don't have to, the things that you don't have to work hard for that just come to us naturally it, it, they, they sometimes are taken for granted. Like we're entitled to, to get these things and we're really not. There's nothing guaranteed. Exactly. Nothing's guaranteed. Absolutely. Um, the power of sharing. So one thing that, that I, I, I so love about you and, and what you continue to do is, 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 you, is you share your journey. You use that as a way of, of being a spark to other people, to being a light for other people. When did that start for you? When did you start? Because I, I, I assume for a while, maybe you, you, that's not what you were doing right away. Or, or, or So when did that happen for you? So um, somebody who worked at the cancer center was telling me about a support group for uh, newly diagnosed patients or um, patients that were just beginning their survival journey. Mm -hmm. Yep. And she was like, she goes, I know you've always talked about and joked around here whenever you visited the office, how you didn't have anybody to talk to. And the people that you could talk to were way older and were depressing you. And I would just laugh. I was like, yeah, so. <laughs> well, they started a, they started a, a local foundation where they have a survivor group that met before the pandemic. They would meet once a month. Mm -hmm. And um I, I guess by accident became a voice of a survivor because I told them how in my experience, what I didn't like being a young adult was I had no one to talk to about, you know, what I was going through, anybody who would understand, you know, the kind of hurt that I'm feeling. 
or the kind of pain that I, you know, was battling inside and in my head and, right. you know, thinking, I don't know, there's just that, that mentality and, you know, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to be there for you. You can talk to me anytime. And I get it. Yes. I, I appreciate you. And I love you for that, but you don't understand what's going through my head. You haven't been right. through what I've been through. And, um, that was, that was really harsh for me, you know, going through the two battles that I did. So when I was approached to be in this group once a month, I started talking more and then that was being asked more questions. And now I'm, you know, a member of this foundation, this group that, you know, we have annual events now and, you know, we're raising money for local patients and, when we can meet again, we will meet again. And I will again, you know, be open to talking to anybody who needs somebody to talk to who can understand because as a young adult, I can relate to some of these younger kids, because 19, you're still kind of a kid, right at heart, because you right, life is just beginning. That's right. And then, you know, with adults, it's, you know, I've dealt with the, you know, a cancer that is still rare in on these times, but you know, the battle is still the same for you, you know, your liver or your pancreas or whatever. Right, 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 right. And again, that, I think that goes back to, the, you know, the, the power of sharing our, our, our journeys, our messages and the strength that you can offer to people. Because I, I, I'm sure uh, that many people that you've shared with have, has a great appreciation for, for you being there for them. I hope so. You know, it, they don't, I've, I've only been told a couple of times, thank you for understanding and not making me feel alone because I don't feel alone in my battle. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not alone. You're never alone. <laughs> that's, that's, I think that's, that's, that's so, so key. So, so important. So if there was something that you wanted listeners to, to know uh, uh, about, you know, based on your experience or something that you wanted to leave them, with, what, 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 what would it be Melody? Um, I'm sorry. Cut out any, a little bit. No, as I said, if there's anything that you wanted to share with listeners that you want them to know about the journey that you had to go through or what, you know, you could, if there was a sort of a final thought you'd leave them with, what, what would that be? You know, uh, it would be, it doesn't matter what your obstacle is. It, it could be cancer. It could be, you know, rheumatoid arthritis it could be fibromyalgia. It could be whatever. Um, it could be battling depression. You, you choose everything is, is, basically how you feel, how you think, you know, what you believe, and you really have to believe in yourself to keep moving forward. You know, that that's something that you can find within yourself, you have it within you, you just have to keep pushing. I mean, there's always something, there's always a reason to still fight. You know, don't give up. I mean, there's no reason to give up. I agree. And it's, 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 it's so important to find that thing, that thing to push for that thing to live for, if you will. And I know that sounds, uh, you know, the idea of living for this, but I mean, it does, there is some power in that, right? It helps us. It pushes us forward. There is, there's power in just the way you think about life, the way you, you feel about yourself, the way you can push yourself, what inspires you. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly that's so amazing, Melody. I, I think it's awesome, and like I said, it was it was so great to be able to uh, sort of talk about your journey and your story, and 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 again, I, I absolutely love 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 the way that you continually uh, share the sharing thing. There's there's so much power in that. It's really easy to to go through something and feel like you're the only 
person in the world and that no one has any idea they can't understand they don't feel it they don't know and to be able to then know that someone knows not only what you felt like they've gone through it too and and that's where their true power lies man it's amazing exactly you're never alone you're never alone that's what that's that's the whole thing and i know that's what causes a lot of depression within yep. um cancer patients is you feel abandoned you feel alone yep. and you really you're not you're not there you're you're not alone you just have to know when to reach out and know who yep. to talk to yeah. And, you know, with with mental health being more on the forefront now than ever, it's certainly when, you know, when you were first diagnosed, uh, it's, it's you know, the conversation about mental health and about depression, uh, they're more prevalent, they're more openly talked about, whereas before that wasn't the case. So that's another, I think, a really significant point, because we're at a different time now, right? Exactly. I mean, I wish someone told me like, okay, yeah, your depression's going to go really bad, you know, even after you survive this. Right. I wish I knew, right. you know, because I thought it was all just me. I, that's not yeah. healthy either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really, th- it's really easy to fall into this thing going, it's all me, it's all me, it's all me, when really it's a normal kind of part of the journey, right? Exactly. Yeah, man. Melody, this is awesome. I, I am so, so, so happy we, we sat down and chatted. And again, thank you for, for sharing the way you, not only just now, but the way you continue to do. And I ask that you, you, you don't stop, keep, keep going. You absolutely are touching people, whether you know it or not, you absolutely are touching people, you're inspiring them, you're motivating them to keep pushing through their own challenges. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, again, and for, for our listeners, now there's a local uh, the organization that you, you support locally. What's the name of that? Can we give that a plug so, we, so that's out there and oh. people want to look up? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's called the Kern County Cancer Foundation. Um, we're actually getting ready to do an event called Camp Out Against Cancer. Uh, it's coming back even just after this pandemic um, because it's outdoors. So we're able to do it. Um, so I think um, you saw it on my Facebook page once upon a time, but if there's a link there, um, if anybody wants to donate, uh, all that money stays within the community and it helps cancer patients that need help. So, and it helps them with their bills, with maybe the rent, you know, whatever, yeah. but Amazing, amazing. We will make a point that we uh, make that link accessible and share, and that way people can connect with that. Uh, thank you. Congratulations on the great job. And again, Melody, keep it going, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Back, we are here at the podcast, and uh, I got to send a real big, 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 big shout out uh, to Melody. Uh, it was so awesome to have you, and you know, I can't express uh, enough words to express my appreciation for you being here on the Audacious Living podcast and sharing in the manner that you did. Uh, your experiences were both uplifting and inspiring, and I know personally, I walked away with so much, and I really appreciate you for sharing. You know, thinking, you know, speak of walking with so much, Melody left us with so much to think about. But if there's just one thing that I take from our conversation, it would be this. It's very easy for feelings of isolation to set in during periods of great adversity and struggle. It's hard to imagine that anyone could possibly understand what we're going through in that moment or have any idea what we possibly could be feeling. But what if that person existed? 
What if that person knew exactly what you were going through because they were in the same boat and found a way to overcome? When we share our stories of overcoming challenges and obstacles, you know, they have the incredible power to change our perspective while providing hope and inspiration to others who may be going through their own set of of personal challenges or difficulties. Your story could be exactly the strength and motivation that someone else needs to get themselves to the other side. Hey, listen, um... If you haven't registered for email notifications of the podcast, please know that you could do so by heading over to bestaudaciouslife.com. All you've got to do is enter in your email address and you'll be immediately alerted alerted every time there's new content uh, that comes out. So I'd encourage you to, to head on over there and do so as a great way of staying connected. Uh, we've come to, to the end of another episode, and uh, I say thank you and, and shout out to um, our, our tremendous listeners, all those lovers of audaciousness. I appreciate you being here, and thank you. Uh, it's that ongoing support that you give to us that allows us to keep going. So please, please, please uh, keep it moving, and we will do our part. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.